Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. So this morning, um, I want us to, we're continuing our series here in Isaiah, and we come to chapter 30, and I think chapter 30 presents a, a very important question that um, I think often we all deal with at some point. And it's kind of the question is this, like, God, which way should I go? God, which way should I go? I mean, you've probably asked those questions like, God, should I go to college? And if so, like, where should I date him or her? Right. Should we get that house? Should we take that job? Is it now time for retirement at 62 or is it more wise to wait to 65? Right. I mean, we have questions and things all the time. We're trying to figure out some of you, though, are probably dealing with more difficult ones. Is it time to move mom and dad to a long term care facility or the nursing home? Or is it time now to say, hey, it's time for hospice to come in? I mean, there, there, there are moments when we deal with really hard things and we're not sure necessarily which way I should go. So maybe if you're here this morning, you're just maybe in that kind of season of life. You're not really sure which way you should go with some things. Would you maybe just raise your hand? Just a reminder, kind of like, hey, yeah. I think that those seasons come and go in life, but again, we're all at times just trying to figure out, God, which way should I go? I'll be honest with you, um, there's times in, in life where I really would just like a sign. Like, God, if I pull into my driveway today and my neighbors are in their costumes for Halloween and they are singing Christmas carols and the grass is up to their knees, I will know that you want me to mow my yard today, right? I mean, have you ever had those moments, right? I was yesterday, I was at Walmart talking to someone, and he said, hey, listen, I, I'm looking for something. And he said, can you help me find it? And I said, well, what are you looking for, brother? I knew this guy, and we just spent a moment just praying together there in Walmart. And after that, he said, hey, look, again, I just, I'm looking for something. I said, well, what are you looking for, bro? I'll help you find it. He said, I'm looking for Gideon's fleece. They sell out here at Walmart, right? And so I think there's just times when all of us, right, are just trying to figure out answers. Maybe as a child, you, you had one of those magic eight balls, right? And you shook that little bad boy and you asked an important question about some guy or girl. And I remember uh, shaking that question and asking a little bit about like, um, Lord, will my hair ever come back? And don't count on it, right? <laughs> right? I mean, maybe this morning you're wondering like, well, what if I shook it and asked God, will I preach less than 40 minutes? And it comes up, up to you, Right? <laughs> But isn't there moments, let's be honest though, when we almost want to treat God that way? Like I get down and pray real quick and like, I prayed and, alright now God, I need the answer. And I, I, I was listening to a sermon here recently and a gentleman was just, he was preaching through the Psalms and he made an important point that I think kind of fits really well with here in Isaiah and it just kind of helped me see some things a little bit more clearly or maybe as I had not understood it before. And it's, the, the the emphasis is this. It's not primarily how God guides, but whom God guides. That often we're after like, God, if you'll just give me the map. I want to know where the treasure chest is. I want to know what to do relationally. We need to know what to do with mom or dad right now or that grandparent. Lord, we need to know right now. Should I take this job, God? Do we try this again another time, Lord? I mean, we are in those seasons. And, and oftentimes we just want to know the guidance. God, just give us the map. But often it's what God desires to do in you and, in fact, through you. And so maybe this morning the question would be, even though it says, God, which way should I go? Maybe we need to be asking God, God, how can I become someone that you guide? God, how can I become someone that you can guide? And so I want to throw at you four things here from Isaiah 30. 
that I hope and pray help guide you and I down the path. Let's get to it. Number one is this. How can you become someone that God guides? It's those who ask for and seek God's guidance. To become someone that God guides, it's imperative that you begin to ask and seek God for His guidance. Pick up, if you would, verse 1 of Isaiah 30. Ah, he says, stubborn children. We're wondering, what's the word stubborn even mean? The NIV calls them obstinate. The King James and New Living call them rebellious. Young's literal translation even says apostate children. We get some further clarity on what it means that the people of Israel have become stubborn, right? The people of Judah, the southern kingdom. Look what he says. All stubborn children declares the Lord. They have a plan. Notice that they have a plan, but it's not God's. Further, look what he says. They have an alliance, right? They've got some type of agreement. But again, he says this is not of God's spirit. Further, look what he says to them in verse 2. Who set out to go down to Egypt without asking. Notice what they're doing here. They're not asking for what? They're not asking for what? Direction. They're not asking for God's direction. They don't even ask Him. They don't even pause to say, God, what do you want us to do? God, what do you desire for us to do as a family, as a relationship? God, I'm not sure where I should go. And God's saying, listen, here's what's happening. The people of Assyria are coming. This ruthless nation is coming, right? They're going to be knocking down the door. They're going to be like, boom, coming their way. And the people of Judah are like, listen, it's not going to be good for us. We've got to find somebody that can help us. And here's the, the wisdom of that day. Go to Egypt. Right? Run the opposite direction. Go to Egypt. Make an alliance with Egypt. Egypt's another world power. They can show up and they can defend you. And God's saying to his people, don't go to Egypt. Don't trust in anyone other than me. But guess what? They're not even asking God. They're not following the leadership of the Spirit. They're just doing whatever they want. Right? And maybe you've had those moments, right, of... You thought, you know what, I'm just going to marry whoever I want. But First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39 says that the believers should marry other believers. And, and maybe you think you're the exception to that rule. Like, I can go forward, it won't, it won't cost me, or we're different. Listen, God has blessed, yes, some that have made those decisions. But He's calling believers to marry other believers. You may have had moments where you're not sure about what to do with that college. But be careful if you're just seeking after it for your glory or fame or whatever you're after. Seek the Lord in every decision that you make. And you may be asking, well, why would they even go this way? Right? I mean, what's behind all of this for the people of Judah? Why are they even considering not asking God and just going after Egypt and saying, Egypt, would you help us? Look what he says back in verse 1. Here's the reason. That. That they may, look what he says, add sin to sin. What's so dangerous about what's leading them away from not becoming someone who seeks and, and desires God's counsel or God's will is the desire they want to do what they want to do. Right? And we've all got to, we've got to guard ourselves against that. We can't have God's plan or God's path if we don't have God. Right? I mean, let's think about it. Psalm 23 is probably the most familiar psalm in all of Scripture. Right? And it talks about the Lord is my what? My Lord's my shepherd. And then it tells us what the good shepherd does. It says the good shepherd leads me, right, in paths of righteousness. It says this good shepherd, he leads me to lie down in green pastures. This good shepherd, he leads me to, 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 to the quiet waters for a place to drink. This good shepherd is so good that even in the midst of the hardest times of your life, the valley of what? The shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? For what? 
for you are with me. Continually, the life of the child of God is based upon not simply just, God, give me the green pasture. God, show me the green light for this job. God, if you'll just tell us what to do, then we'll do it. It's always about relationship. It's about just being with the shepherd and saying, God, if I'm with you, then guess what? You're going to lead me in the right place for this job. You're going to show us what retirement looks like, God. You're going to show us what step is next in this decision process we're in with whatever we're facing. But there's often moments in my life where, I'll be honest with you, I've wanted the map more than the master. I've wanted the guidance more than the God. I've wanted the blessing more than the blesser. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been there, but man, I just like, God, you you just tell me what to do. And God's like, Blake, I just want you to be. I mean, the text is going to come there in a moment, but God is just saying, listen, I want you just to desire me. I want you just to seek after me. This is, guess what? This is a lot bigger than what decision you're going to make. This is about you just walking by faith. This is about you honoring, glorifying me in the midst of it. It's bigger than even the decision of the path you're going to go on. It is you loving and seeking after me. It is asking and following the leadership of my spirit. And here's the warning for us today. If we don't seek the Lord and ask for his leadership, Therefore, it says, verse 3, shall the protection of Pharaoh turn to your shame and the shelter and the shadow of Egypt to your humiliation? For though his officials are at zone and his envoys reach hands, says, listen, Egypt, it seems like the logical answer. It seems like that's door number one. You should walk through that door. He says, but I want to warn you guys. It leads to shame and humiliation. Everyone, verse 5, comes to shame through a people that cannot profit them. That brings neither help nor profit, but shame and disgrace. My assumption is for you that when you hear the words of Egypt, you probably don't see Egypt, but you may see the face of that relationship. Relationships that I can remember back on at times where buddies were like, Jesse, don't go out with her, man. And sometimes we walk by the flesh and not by the spirit. Sometimes we avoid godly counsel, good counsel. Right? Some of you got parents that have been warning you and you just think you know better. You, they don't get it. Right? They're old. They're, they're, they're out. What you probably don't realize is they love you more than anybody else on the face of the earth and they actually want what's best and good for you. You gotta be so careful that the things that you think are gonna profit you will actually end up becoming your shame and humiliation. The people that you think if you align with them or you hang or run with that crew or whatever it is, the warning is don't go down to your Egypt. Ask and seek the Lord's guidance. Secondly, how do we become someone whom God guides? It's those who treasure God's word. Listen to this beginning of verse eight. And now he says, go write it before them on a tablet and inscribe it in a book. That it may be for the time to come as a witness forever. For he says they are a rebellious people. Lying children. Children. Look what he says here. They are unwilling to hear the instruction of the Lord. Who say to the seers do not see. And to the prophets do not prophesy to us. Look at him say. Don't tell us what is right. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy illusions. Look what he says here. They're calling the leadership, right? The people of God are asking the leadership to do this. To leave the way. To turn aside from God's path. 
let us hear no more about this Holy One of Israel. Is a reminder how much, again, notice he says it's going to be in a book. How much you and I need this word. We desperately need this word, beloved. And the people of Israel have God's word. It's the prophets, right? They're likely not opening up a scroll and saying, would you read from Isaiah chapter 30 this morning? No. At this point in time, right, the the prophet Isaiah is on the scene. He's speaking. And he's bringing God's word to them. And, And listen, if you're not careful, you can hear this word and you can harden your heart. You can push it away because maybe it doesn't fit, right? I mean, you like smooth things. Let's be honest. We all have areas of our lives that we don't really want to hear more of what God has to say. We prefer not really to hear what is right. And so we say, you know what? If that's what I want to do, sexual immorality, I'm going to invest in that. Don't talk to me about purity or waiting for marriage. Listen, homosexuality, that's how I feel. Don't talk to me about the fact that God's word defines that as sinful. Don't don't tell me to pump the brakes on that. Listen, I don't want to hear any more about gender. This is how I feel. And so I don't need to hear about some God that says that he formed me in my mother's womb, that I'm made in the Omega day, the image of God. And God created you either male or female as he sought best, as he knew best. But the reality is often we don't want to hear that. But it doesn't make it any less right or it doesn't make it any less the path or the truth or the plan of the Holy One of Israel. And so those Listen, who want to be one that God guides, you've got to learn to treasure this word. Do you treasure it? Do you have time alone, just you and the Lord, day by day, just treasuring this word? Are you a part of a Sunday school class or connecting with a small group or a Bible study maybe in your home or at your job site? How committed are you to hearing God's word from God's messengers as a local body of congregation of believers? The church comes together week to week to hear and study God's word. It's just unbelievable that these people could have God's word, God's messenger right in front of them. And listen to what God says about it. Verse 12 of Isaiah 30. Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you, look what he says here, despise this word. It's a despising of God's word when they go toward Egypt. We despise God's word when we hear or we know what God desires for us to do or the spirit is warning us or God may be using godly counsel in your life to warn you, say, listen, you don't need to take that job or you need to be really guarded around those people or man, you may be just the spirit of God may be warning you about a certain business deal, but you you need to get some bills paid. And so you're considering something really shady. Or, or, Or having a dealing with someone, maybe somebody's warned you about saying, listen, you better be very careful. And the danger is, listen, we hear that, we hear it from godly counsel, we hear it from God's word, the spirit of God is within us as believers guiding us, warning us. Look what he says there, and they've come to the place of despising this word. They trust in oppression and perverseness and rely on them. And look what happens. Therefore, he says, verse 13, here's what's going to happen to the people of Judah. This iniquity, this sin, right, that's what it is when we disobey the word of God. That's what it is. When we refuse to follow God's path and choose our own. God's word calls that iniquity. He calls it sin. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you like a breach in a high wall. Notice this. Bulging out and about to collapse. Whose breaking comes suddenly in an instant. It says, listen. Judah, to them, right? And so you got to understand the culture of that day and time. 
Right? I mean, to protect yourself as a city, you needed a great high wall. That was great protection from enemies, right? Especially if you could get up on a mountain or get up in a high area, right? I mean, you could see your enemies from a long way off, but a high wall was protection. Egypt was seen as a high wall, right? Egypt was powerful. They had chariots. They had horses, right? I mean, they, they were a world power of that day. It seemed that that was the most most likely place or most logical place to go. But God says, listen, I want you just to trust in me. Don't run to Egypt. He says, listen, Egypt's like a high wall. But what you don't realize is it's about to collapse. It's going to come to an end suddenly. I, I don't know about you, but if you've ever had moments where you've not felt well, you've been sick and Maybe you've gone to the doctor and, and God blessed that doctor and, and gave them wisdom to see what was going on with you and whether it was through different exams or just things they saw. They recognized, hey, listen, here's what's probably going on with you. Here's the diagnosis. Here's the right medication. I'm going to prescribe it for you. Call it into your pharmacy. Go pick it up. You get it. You take it home. And then it just sits on your counter. And all the while you're like, God, I wish you would heal me. God, I wish you would do. Th-. I mean, and God's saying, listen. I've given you my word. Listen, guys, I want you to know you need God's word. We need to treasure him. You have God's word. He has given it to you. He has prescribed for you and I what we need for our greatest sickness. It's sin. And he says, listen, I want you to know what will heal and remedy that. My son, Jesus, dying for you. It will heal. It will bring forgiveness. You will have joy and peace to know that although you and I are not right with God, because of Jesus, we can be reconciled and right with a holy God. We must come to treasure God's word. Thirdly, it's those that are repenting and resting in God. So again, if you're desiring to be someone whom God guides, not simply saying, God, give me the map, but God, I want the master. Just let the master lead. Let the good shepherd lead me. If he leads me in green pastures, great. If he leads me beside quiet waters, great. And even if you lead me into the valley of shadow of death, as long as God, you are with me, I walk. So look what he says here. It's beautiful. Verse 15 through 17. About again, how do we become someone whom God guides? It's those that are repenting and resting in God. Isaiah 30 and 15 has been, um, it was in my reading um, long before I came to the sermon. I guess it's about, about a month ago. And I have not been able to get over this verse. This verse has just spoke to me. And I've shared it with some of you in text messages or conversations. This word is just, it's just been fresh in my, in my, spoul, in my soul and my spirit. That's what he says, verse 15 of Isaiah 30. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. Listen to what he calls him to do. In returning and rest. All right, some translations render it literally in repentance. Uh, The ESV has a footnote at the bottom. It says, or repentance. So, in repentance or in returning and rest, you shall be what? Saved. Now, listen to this. This is right here. baffles me. In quietness and in trust shall be what? Your strength. See, the first thing that the people of God are called to do is get right with God. Like oftentimes when my life is like messed up, then I think, you know what, God, I'm going to do. I'm going to read like three hours longer today. Or God, I'm going to spend five hours more praying today. Or God, I'm going to help serve more God today. I'm going to witness to 15 people today. And often God says, listen, not those things are bad, but would you just come and get right with me first? Would you just confess? Would you just spend some time of just, just... Maybe this, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Listen to these words from the Word. 
Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Right? There's just a time of just in repentance and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. There's just some time where you need to be quiet. You need to be still. You need to come to a place of repentance and rest and let God search your heart and know your thoughts. And look what happens. This is beautiful. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And notice what happens then. And lead me what? In the way everlasting. See, we want the way everlasting, but to get to the way everlasting, there has to be a time of searching and trying. Of repentance and God cleansing our hearts and our minds and our motives. Right? Oftentimes, let's be honest, we want to get on the right path before we want to get back on the right team. I'm not saying you can lose your salvation. I'm just trying to use an analogy we might understand. Judah has a real decision to make. The Assyrians are coming and the question is they don't have the military strength or feel like they don't to defend against them. So they're going to run to Egypt. And God says, look what he says to them. Guys, listen, in return to rest, you shall be saved in quietness and in trust. That's what's going to be your strength. Resting, quietness, trust. Right? I mean, that doesn't seem to fit in a moment of decision, right? Like, I mean, we're... We are people that say we've got to do something. We want the answer quickly to our medical diagnosis. We want the answer immediately what the relationship should look like, what we should do about the job, about retirement, about that house, about whatever. And God says to us, listen, guys, I want you just to be quiet and trust in me. Why? Because it's always about what God's doing in you that is even more important about where he's leading you. Because in those moments, it just says, God, listen, I recognize I'm not in control, but you are. I may not be able to cause this to turn out the way I want it to. I want to shake that eight ball and make it light up and say, definitely, or of course, or get started already. But God, that may not be your will. And so, Lord, right now, even though it makes sense for me to run to Egypt, I know you're calling me just to be quiet and just to trust. And just to rest. It's interesting this strength that's used here. This word it indicates um, in other places. It indicates that of a warrior strength. So this is not like a weak strength. This is not like okay God if I trust in you. Then I'm just going to get trampled on. This is a warrior strength. God saying listen I'll be your strength. I will give you strength to get up out of the bed every day even though you feel like you can. I will give you the strength to put your feet on the floor and to begin walking. I will give you the strength to love that person that you cannot stand at work. I will give you strength to love your spouse even though they feel like you feel like they do not deserve it. He says, if you will just trust in me, I will be your strength. And that's why this message collides so much with us. Because it's not simply just about how God guides, but really about whom he guides. The 1800 Scottish preacher G.A. Smith said these words, It's not about alliance, but reliance. It's not about having the perfect person you can call to call in that word for you. Or it's not about, hey, listen, if I can get just the right doctor lined up or if I can just get this to happen again. Those things, I'm not minimizing them. And God will very well use those things off in our lives. But there's moments where, I'll be honest with you, my life is almost like a um, a Rubik's Cube, right? And I'm like, I'm scrambling as fast as I can. Who can I call? Who can I email? Who can I text? Right, God, I mean, the giving's going down. God, there seems to be less people coming. God, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? 
God's just been like, Blake, would you just rest? Would you just be quiet for a minute? Would you just trust? Would you just keep preaching my word? Would you just keep praying? There may be some things I absolutely want you to change, but... And here's what's so tough about this, man. God offers this olive branch, so to speak. And look what verse 15 says. But what? But what? You were not willing. They weren't willing. And this is what brings me to the most important point here. I want to finish with this, this fourth one and last. Let's just be honest with each other. If you were God and you put on your prosecutor hat and you had a people that didn't ask for your plan or path. You had a people that were looking everywhere else other than you, although you had been so faithful to them to protect them and watch over them, even though they were such a small people, a people that never even had their land. You drove out all these other nations before them. You had delivered them out of 400 years of Egyptian bondage. All these things you had done for them. And these people still don't want to follow your spirit. They still want to go their own way. I mean, these people who, listen, have your very word from your prophets, your messengers, they're like, listen, I don't want that. And now you offer even despite those things. You say, listen, I will still save you. I've still not given up on you. And they're like, we're not willing to do that. We've got to go to Egypt. I don't know about you, but if I was God, I'd be like, you know what, dude? I'm done with that. Get out. And that's where this right here in verse 18 is what you and I need to hear. And I want you to grasp of this today. I want you to cling to it like it's a rock of your life. Listen to this as we close. It's number four. It's those depending upon the grace of God. Listen to this. It's unbelievable. Such good news. Despite everything they've done, right? They were unwilling. I mean, listen. Therefore, right? We hear, therefore, we think, all right, here comes God. He's dropping the hammer. Therefore, the Lord waits to be what? Gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show what? Mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for Him. It is unbelievable that God is there. Despite the fact these people have totally blown it. There's a God of grace. There's a God of mercy. Indicates that He has compassion and love that does not end for His people. I mean, if I was just really honest with you, there's times i got some messed up thoughts toward God. It's almost like... um, all right, just try to be really straight. There's some times where, man, I don't spend a lot of enough, enough time with God in His Word. There's days when I don't spend as much time in prayer. There's times when, listen, I struggle to witness or I drive past that person on the side of the road even when the Spirit tells me to stop. I mean, there's moments when I just, as a dad, just lose self-control and I get really upset with my kids. And, and here's what happens, right? Oftentimes when those moments or those seasons come in life, I approach God as if he's got like a grudge against me. And so I think, you know what, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the next week reading my Bible every morning. God, I'll be, that alarm goes off 5 a.m. God, you can count on it. I'll be there. God, I'm going to be on my knees praying. God, I'm going to pick up everybody on the side of the road. God, I'm going to stop and pick up trash. When I see trash, I'm going to pull my vehicle over, pick it up. And I think there's oftentimes, listen, when we treat God that way, I don't know about you, but that's just often moments when I, I kind of come to God like it's, it's like my life's like this Monopoly thing, right? Like, I don't know if you ever play Monopoly, like, with those people that are really good, 
Right, and they always seem to have the get out of jail free card, and you don't ever have it, and they've got their hotels, and you're just struggling to pay the next bill, and then you go to jail, and you can't even pay to get out of the jail, and guess what? Usually, like times you have to wait, like I guess it's like two rolls for everybody else, right? And then finally, like if you don't get it on the second, whatever, you get to go out. You ever feel like that in life? Like you're in the jail and everybody else is just rolling along, like their things seem to get answered, their answers are, and their path just seems to get better and better, and, and you're there wondering like, God, when are you gonna hear me? Like, God, I know I've messed up, I deserve to be in this jail, God, I get it, I've not honored you, I, God, I, I, I understand. Just show me what I need to do. And I think that's the beautiful thing of where Romans 8 steps in. It says, therefore, There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, I want you to leave with this big idea about the fact that it's not primarily about how God guides, but more of whom He guides. It's a beautiful moment to realize, listen, the people of Judah have not earned it. In fact, they've done everything wrong. And maybe you're there and you realize... Listen, I've totally blown it. I don't deserve to have God here or answer any of my prayers or to give me any guidance or any direction. And I just want to remind you of who this God of grace is. The fact that He sent His only Son, Jesus, who took all of our things that we've done that aren't right. All the moments when we've messed up or we've blown it or we've disobeyed or we've disrespected or we've been dishonest or whatever it may be. And God, listen, His Son lived a sinless life and took that on Him. That now you could come and stand before God. Listen, if you ever think that you can come before God and you've earned the right for Him to do something for you, you've missed it. We always come dependent upon the grace of Jesus Christ saying, God, I know I'm not worthy, but Lord, would you have mercy on me? God, would you have grace upon me today? Would you just please guide me? Would you guide my children, my family? God, would you lead our church? We come and we have the right to come before a holy God because of Jesus Christ. It's Him. It's taking your guilt and your shame. So if you're wondering today, listen, I'd love for God to lead and guide my life, but I need to get some things right again. I need to start doing this and this and this and this. And then maybe God will think, now I'm good enough. No, you and I will never be good enough. That's why Christ came. He came to make us good enough. He came to give you the right to come before God and say, God, would you have mercy on me? Would you guide me and direct me? That's the hope of this. And watch, listen where the text closed. We'll finish with this today. And your ears shall hear, verse 21, a word behind you saying, listen what it says, this is the way, walk in it. The way is grace. If you're wondering, God, which way should I go? It is about seeking God through the Son. This is the way. Walk in it, Judah. Trust in me, people of God. Don't rely upon Egypt. They'll never help you. Those things could never satisfy. They'll bring shame. This is the way. Walk in it. And then watch what happens. Verse 22. Then. Then. Watch what they do. They're going to defy those carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images, you will scatter them as unclean things. You will say to them what? Be gone. God's grace does something to our hearts. It transforms us to seek after Him and to honor Him that we become someone whom God guides. Why? Because of the grace of God, it transforms us. 
So I don't know where you're wanting to go, where you're thinking you're trying to figure out right now. I can't tell you that i got a wand today. I can pull out of my pocket and say, this is what you need to do. This is what your family should do. But I can tell you that God desires for you to seek Him, to ask Him. He desires that you would treasure His Word. There's times when He is going to call you, listen, just to be quiet, just to trust, just to rest, even when that doesn't make sense. And finally, I'm going to compel you. You'll never be good enough to earn His guidance. It is always because of His grace. So today, I want to ask one thing and one thing only. If you want God to lead your life, will you just come and acknowledge your need of the Son? That always pleases the Father. That pleases the Father just to plead for His grace and mercy to say, God, I need guidance, and I know I'm not worthy or earned it. I'm trusting only in the name of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank You for today. I thank You for Christ who took away our sin and our shame. Father, I pray today for those who... God, they're struggling. I'm sure there are people here that have have major decisions or have had decisions for a while now and it doesn't seem that the answers come, that maybe they feel like they're in jail and everybody just keeps rolling the dice of life around them and just keeps passing on and adding house to house and hotel and and they're locked up. God, I pray today they would realize that about being someone that you got is it's just seeking your son, Jesus. Let us see today how much we need Christ. Let us not follow the example of Judah of looking to the most powerful people or nations around us to solve our problems instead of looking to you. Father, forgive us for that. God, today, would you speak to your people? I just pray today that they would realize how blessed they are to have Jesus and let him be their sufficiency. Let him be the reason why they feel like they could even come before you today because of his goodness and not their own. Let them just humble themselves today and say, God, here I am. I'm repenting and Lord, I'm going to rest and I'm going to trust quietly because you will be my strength. Thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you, God, that you love somebody even like me. Bless my brothers and sisters. Call them to come to you today through your son. In his name I pray, amen. Is God calling you? calling you to come and know him through his son Jesus I pray you would repentance and rest just resting and trusting in what Jesus has done not anything you could do as believers listen I know many of you have major decisions to make would you today just just commit yourself to trusting in him and say God I don't know I don't know if you're going to show me exactly what I should do every step but I know I'm just going to follow you day by day And by your own hand, you're going to lead me and I'm just going to follow you even if I don't know exactly like Abraham where this place is that I'm going. I love that Hebrews 11. said Abraham left the land where he was not knowing where he was going. It's okay today to not know where you're going. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.